to another wonderful, glorious episode, another show. I'm so honored and excited to have you all here. Thank you all for tuning in. I feel so much gratitude in my loving heart and my body and my being for your presence. Today, we have a super special and very sexy guest. Her name is Elsa Veltafreden. Did I say it right? Yes. <laughs> she is a desire coach, and we're going to be talking all things worthiness today and I'm actually really pumped that we are talking about this today because it is something that is so mm, what's the word apparent in our entire world and not just our society and our culture but our entire world I really don't know anybody who hasn't experienced unworthiness or worthiness issues so I'm really looking forward to having this conversation so if you'll please join me in welcoming the beautiful Elsa today hello Elsa how you doing <laughs> I'm good yeah really um, excited but really good yeah. Good, good. Well, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you in this great world? What got you into coaching? What made you want to talk about unworthiness today or worthiness today? Please share a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, I'm in Utrecht, the Netherlands. So mm -hmm. um, I'm Dutch, very tall. And um, my path of coaching really went hand in hand with me being completely blocked. So like procrastination was my middle name, you know, like <laughs> I did a documentary about it. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why am I so drained? And people mm -hmm. think I'm lazy and I think I'm lazy, but that's not the case, you know, I'm not doing nothing. I'm doing something really hard to not do nothing. Mm -hmm. To not do something so that was something always very vividly in my life this blocking and this led me to a coach and this was more like a mother figure so that was also not what i needed there there was only more shame coming around that subject and um, then actually by me not finding a job job in art uh, education that's my background uh, I was thinking like, how can I uh, make myself more attractive? And okay, mm -hmm. I, I can do a coach uh, degree to get some students more activated or more or motivated. And so it was not for myself that I did the coach. I, I thought I was perfect. I was this beautiful being that gets yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Which um, is true. <laughs> thank you, but no. <laughs> so then that leads me to this... Um, yeah, very deep inner work. Um, it was already a, um, a study that was really Eastern philosophy based as well uh, as the Western um, psychological world. You know, it was a really combination of the, these two. And yeah, I had some massive insights. And because of that, well, my eyes popped open and mm -hmm. I um, experienced in 2014 um this massive awakening of my pelvic floor region you know like it's mm -hmm. uh, it's always have been blocked a lot of tension a lot of pain around that area and uh, in in one session it was just open and relaxed and completely alive and wow. and yeah it was an ecstasy rush throughout my veins and well, like a, uh, I always call it like a Katy Perry, uh, Perry, 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 what's, what's her name? Katy Perry clip. 
Oh. <laughs> the way I walked back from that day to the to the train station, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that that really got me on this road of um, finding this connection between body and um, and and mind. You know, like mm -hmm. what's there, what's underneath this this blockage, what's underneath this pain, and is there a possibility that these two are linked? And now it's just second nature for me. These two are linked, you know, and um, and uh, yeah. So from that mo po uh, point on, I went more into the body. I found Leila Martin. I went into sex, love and relationship coaching with her, with you. Yes, and, with me. <laughs> <laughs> and just even more magic started to happen. And yeah, that's that's where I just went well more into my body opening up myself more to pleasure to life to power to self-reliance and and yeah this possibility of you are able to create your own life and this is really something i'm offering now like if if you are ready if you feel you can dive deeply you gain some strength because you have done some of the inner work I'm here to really go deep and dive deep with you to, uh, mm -hmm. to get some magic happening. So, oh. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And for those who are listening or watching, that is where Elsa and I actually met was through the Layla Martin SLRC program, the Sex, Love and Relationship Coaching Program. I think it's now the Vita Coaching or Vita Coaching mm -hmm. Program. Okay. I think that's what she calls it now. Yeah. But it was, it was life-changing and it also was a turning point for myself. I knew that I didn't want to work for someone else for the rest of my life. And I was working in the oil field and in construction. So this was a very big uh, shift for me <laughs> to work from, you know, the male dominated industry that I was dominating to, yeah. you know, going into the coaching and, and not being so dominating in the coaching world. So yeah. it's been a really interesting transition. And uh, I think it's really, it's really curious how, even though, even though we have gone through you know this deep transformational program and we've been working on ourselves for years we still have these elements or these um notes of unworthiness that just sort of pop up out of nowhere and i'm curious where have you noticed them really popping up for yourself for your clients and how do you recognize them um yeah for me it's um uh, well i'm unworthy of a lot of shit like <laughs> um and 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 yeah so for me it's really a, a disconnection towards the thing you know i'm not able to receive it i'm not able to get it i'm not able to be present with it it's just freaking me out yeah <laughs> and and that can be anything so now i'm really into the masculine and money and self-reliance and so I have this um, uh, relationship with money that I, I'm able to receive it from my family. I'm able to receive it from the government, but I'm not able to receive it from other women or from, I'm able to receive it from men by now, but I'm not able to receive it for, from women. So mm -hmm. I'm unworthy of that. And really seeing the way you play out this, <laughs> this theater <laughs> of, me not being able to receive that that's 
yeah, for me, it's just such a fun uh, thing to to go into the rabbit hole. Like, how am I playing out that never a woman will give me this amount of money just because she likes it, you know? So mm-hmm. I will not finish my courses. I will not um, trust that I have uh, everything uh, perfectly in my administrative uh, task. Um, I drain myself by only, uh, well, continuous to uh, coach myself, you know, like there's, there's no end <laughs> and I will, I will be drained. So I'm not able to hold these women. So there's a lot of ways that I'm playing out this unworthiness uh, around not receiving money, but mm-hmm. it, it can be anything. Maybe you're not like for when, when it really, uh, when unworthiness really got to my attention was in a session actually uh, around our um, study where it was around uh, experience sexual pleasure receiving mm-hmm. sexual pleasure or that was my desire like why the fuck can I not experience pleasure yeah and um, and then the question of the coach was like are you worthy or are you deserving of pleasure and for the first time me feeling like huh? I'm not worthy like the the before that moment like the worthiness the word didn't ring a bell you know it was not like Mm -hmm. I I couldn't relate to it but now for Mm -hmm. the first time it was like why can I not say that I'm worthy of pleasure Mm -hmm. so that that was really yeah the first moment that I encountered this like oh my god there's a belief to something that I'm not worthy of yeah yeah, I, I feel it's really important for us to acknowledge that as well, because sometimes we don't even know that that's what we're experiencing. No. I, I know when we worked together, I think it was maybe this time last year, you and I were working to get working through, um, you know, a few things and you were coaching me around a few things. Yeah. And um, one of the big things for me was not feeling worthy of my physique, like just my body as a, as a whole, as a physical you know, tangible, musculoskeletal being. And like, you know, I I remember um, you took me through this process where like I had to tell parts of myself that I loved them. And I was like, what? Like, you know, and I was so weirded out by it. But when I did it, my body actually responded to me. And like my body actually changed after that. And it could just be something as simple as it was my my perception. Mm-hmm. of my body but I feel like it goes much deeper than that yeah. like I was actually better able to listen to my body and tune into her and say you know do you want this cup of coffee do you want to eat breakfast do you want to work out and she was like fuck no yes I do fuck no kind of thing and I was like okay well this just deepened my communication with this beautiful meat suit that I just happened to have incarnated in. yeah 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 so. You yeah. really were able to connect to it, I think, you know, to really enhance it. And so these last weeks, what really was um, clear for me is we can say that uh, worthiness can also be like, you can use the word value. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the same as that thing that I'm desiring, or I'm the same as that group, or I'm the same at, at anything that you're actually unworthy of. Mm-hmm. And um, so you understand it. You really get it. You, mm-hmm. you love it unconditionally. You want it. You want it over your current situation. 
you're ready to let go of shit and and so it can become who you really are actually mm -hmm. what do you think the difference is between worthiness and deservingness how would you describe that good question Mm -hmm. Well, I think they go hand in hand also with uh, not good enough. So they, these three are like uh, a way of your body <laughs> to saying like, I'm not equal. I'm not able to connect. Mm -hmm. uh, but let me get to that. I can imagine that um, deservingness has a little bit more of you have done the work around it and you are able to hold it. And uh, so really, hey, you worked hard for it. Well, that's our belief. We need to work hard for something. But mm -hmm. I can imagine that's more like deservingness and worthiness. Yeah, like it, it, like it belongs to you. Well, it's, it, I think it's all the same. I'm not sure. Yeah. I cannot answer that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. So the way I sort of understand worthiness and deservingness is deservingness is sort of like the layer above unworthiness I feel like unworthiness is usually truly the root of mm -hmm. you know whatever the the undeservingness is showing up as so it could be you know you use the example of being unworthy or unworthy of receiving money and I think that that's sort of what bridges us between uh, unworthiness and deservingness it's like okay well I know that I'm worthy of it but do I deserve it like can I receive it and I think that that's maybe what deserving to me, that's what deserving this is to me is like being able to receive it because you can know that you're worthy of something, mm -hmm. but can you actually receive it? And you can convince yourself that you're worthy of something, but can you receive it? Yeah. And, and to me, that's sort of, um, that's sort of the, the plane or the, the bridging that I, I try and, um, yeah. And I think it's also really interesting because, you know, in my own experience working with clients, worthiness or deservingness resonates differently with different parts of our psyche and with different aspects of our lives and you know where I might not feel worthy of something I feel deserving of it mm. and it's like well I, I deserve great love but am I actually worthy of that do I believe that I'm worthy of that so mm. I, I think you're right I think it's one and the same but it's just how we package it yeah um, you know in our in our brains sometimes it you know gets the synapses firing to hear deserving and sometimes it's worthiness so i'm yeah. just curious or sometimes it's good enough not good enough yeah 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 uh you set me on the path of connecting more with esther perel and oh. i would love to hear a little more of your journey with esther perel and her her work because uh i think we're one and the same and we agree that she is a brilliant mastermind and she just has such an ele elegant way of expressing and making things uh, digestible especially around like relationships and how our family dynamics you know play out later on in life I mm. feel like she's the divine feminine version of Jordan B. Peterson who's mm. like uh, he's like the Canadian uh, he's he's a well he's from Alberta he's the cowboy Canadian um, uh, doctor of psychology and he teaches at the University of Toronto and he's he's brilliant as well and I would love to see him and Esther Perel have a conversation because I feel like it would be a meeting of matched mindsets and I feel like there would just be so many 
golden nuggets. So I'm curious, your your experience with Esther Perel, can you tell me a little bit more about how you first discovered her? Well, maybe it was uh, through, um, or maybe I discovered Leila Martin through her. I don't know. I see this YouTube movie where Leila Martin is actually uh, interviewing uh, Esther Perel. Well, she really inspired me, uh, but I must say, and that's also something that uh, I, I think is is really dear to my heart that I have let go of her. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so, so now uh, there's one uh, tab in my uh, YouTube channel that is already open for a week or maybe even more about her talking about how erotic eroticism can, well, uh, pump up your new year or something like that. And I know I have to watch it. So that's, that's why it's still there on my computer. Um, but uh, yeah, she, she went out of my system and, and, and that's really something that uh, I encounter in myself that um, I have gone from this really hardcore knowledge uh, cycle. I'm sorry for the words, I'm Dutch. Uh, well, it's okay. <laughs> um, uh, of, of these hardcore, uh, like Leila is also hardcore in really knowing the science around it, uh, really having read all the books, having done uh, deep uh, uh, studies that are really, uh, I don't know how you say that, like, well, we think well of them. Um, yeah. So the, it's, it's more knowledge-based. And mm-hmm. um, I really needed that in my system because, well, are you worthy of speaking your truth? Well, do you know your shit? Yeah. Eh? Is it science? Yeah, yeah. Do you? <laughs> so I went from them to more shamanistic uh, women, actually really mystical women, and uh, and now I'm actually in the in the vibe of hardcore bullshit and just laughing about our traumas and our mm-hmm. made up stories of the pain we think we are in and the lack we are think we having. And um, so Carolyn Elliott is right now really somebody that's um, well really turning me on actually about what she's saying like life is like a dom without a safe word you know so. Yeah. <laughs> Good it's luck. A great analogy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that's what I can say about Esther Perel. But maybe she's coming back in my life around eroticism uh, because yeah, for sure that's something I I want to dive into. Like I'm I'm a lover of the eroticism. I saw I, that. I love her perspectives that she she shares around eroticism and uh, and I also just love the way she says it's like or something I, I, can, I can't even I can't even I can't even master you know the the accent that she has because I think she said she grew up in Germany but also she spent time in the Netherlands too or something uh could be I know she was really on the radar in our um uh, media I think two years ago like we have this program every year where all the uh, elite is looking at and uh well all the whole Netherlands was in love with her for sure yeah 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 Yeah. so Elsa can you tell me a little bit more about being a desire coach what does that look like (laughs) well (laughs) it's diving really deep in your own unconscious and in your own fears Uh, Mm -hmm. if I would love to 
well, I would really love for the the world to understand that we are so packed and full with fears. We are just living and breathing fears and we are not conscious of it. <laughs> not oh, at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. And so um but this fear and this desire are really going hand in hand. So um I think I, I I was not even aware maybe two months ago that I was so afraid of my own desire. And 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 yeah, this linked to uh, are your parents talking about their desires? Or are your father talking about his lust? Is it do people around you talk about well what what they secretly want to? If not, you can get this message like yeah well don't go for your desire and so what i really found that the the knowing your desire or really knowing what's underneath the very um uh, superficial desire of maybe having ten thousand euros a month or uh accepting the penis without pain that underneath uh, if you really dig in underneath, there is actually the, the, the main goal of your body. So hey, maybe you are really longing for to be liberated in your body. Or, um, well, like for instance, I have now this desire, <laughs> this very superficial desire. It just popped up yesterday around me coaching Elon Musk. Like, oh. that's just... <laughs> Like, I love how he is um, just playing with the fucking white dominant man world yeah. and giving them cars and they yeah. buying it like candy and he puts farts in them or, you know, he puts this music thing in it and, and, and the lights <laughs> pumping up. So he's giving these men, these very serious men, yeah. toys. Yeah, and, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And he's <laughs> Get loads of money with it yeah. and so the very superficial desire of me being able to coach um, <clears throat> Elon Musk is not really what I desire what I really desire is to um, if I go on that route of finding him some somewhere in some <laughs> years I will get to know the the dominant men i get the dominant force in the world i will get to know my own boundaries how to hold that force i will mm -hmm. get the dark sides of the world you know that there's a lot of taboo in men still that they're not safe with that we women don't allow so in the end probably the result will be i can handle elon musk and he desires <laughs> <laughs> by me but what i gain is this amazing capacity to hold this very powerful being uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So actually I become worthy of him, you know? So, so now I'm not worthy because uh, I cannot handle him <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, I will be triggered. Um, uh, I don't trust myself and, and I'm, I'm not ready to let go of where I'm at right now. So, yeah, I, I, this, this desire is really something we need to um, invite into our life as this kind of birthing seed, you know? So like mm -hmm. 
which universe do you want to birth next? Which which life do you want to birth next? Uh, can you can you allow the seeds? Can you say yes to the seeds actually, or the conception? Yeah, I feel like desire is also a pathway to discovering what your limiting beliefs are. Even as you shared, you know that you have this desire to, you know, coach Elon Elon Musk. You even said, you know, but I I'm not there. I'm not ready to let go of this. And you listed off <clears throat> some, you know, limiting beliefs, if I can say that. Yeah. Which I think even having that awareness to be able to label those and to acknowledge those is so key to us transforming our limiting beliefs into empowering beliefs. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, do you feel the same way about that? Yeah, yeah and that also links to what I, uh, I, I was able to categorize uh, four ways of you to become worthy of something, doesn't matter what. So the first one is you need to desire it. For desire to be there, you need to know it exists. You know, mm -hmm. you need to, desire it over your current situation so a lot of people cannot see the thing they're desiring because nobody showed it to them or they're not uh, ready yet with it to to see it or they've never been asked yeah yeah but also like it's a little bit off track but that's something really so i want to go back later on to these four steps but two stories have always really intrigued me and i don't know if they're true but it's the story that when Columbus set foot or when Columbus came to, uh, 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 to, to America, uh, the Native Americans couldn't see the boats. They couldn't register the boats for hmm. some reason. Hmm. And there's another story. So I don't know if it's true, but it's really intriguing for my system. Uh, and that's um, when um, a tribe, an African tribe, when some men went to, I don't know, America or something, and they saw skyscrapers for the first time in their life, they couldn't register it. So they couldn't see the thing. So the thing was not yet touchable, you know, it was, mm -hmm. was not mm -hmm. in their system to, mm -hmm. to see it. So <clears throat> for us to desire something that's not yet there, you have to put yourself in this very strange situation of not seeing what the fuck <laughs> you're desiring but so so yeah that that's that's really intriguing like a lot of people don't know what their desire is and and yeah you you really i see it like this fish fishing bowl like if you stay in the small fishing bowl you will never grow you will never have more children than the amount that the fishing bowl is capable over uh, of so you really have to get in a different fishing bowl <laughs> surround <laughs> yourself with other people uh, other perspectives mm -hmm. and so slowly this desire this desire to have that instead of your current life will come alive mm -hmm. and so the second thing is uh the part of really uh allowing and 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 desiring as well that your current state will die. And, and this is a very big thing. And this is what I also mean with Esther Perel not being a part of my mm -hmm. life right now. It's, it's really, we women are really 
capable of showing this cycle of you know yes. winter, summer whatever spring our seasons our seasons and and so we also need to um allow this in in transformation to occur and in weirdness of this new thing that you're not even aware of <laughs> uh, you need to let something die and it will be fucking hard it it mm -hmm. will be it will it's surrender it's uh mm -hmm. it's le petit mort it's you know you you are fucking <laughs> dying and it yeah. feels like your system like that mm -hmm. can you can you relate to that yeah, I can relate to that in the sense that uh, recently uh, I had to let go of the fact that I am no longer working for a corporate American company, um, actually a worldwide company, but it's based in corporate America. And I had to let go of the part of me that knows how to just like, boom, 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 like take care of stuff, take care of stuff, take care of stuff. You know, like I looked after a crew of anywhere from 44 to like, you know, over a hundred guys at one time. And that was, that was my job was managing people and, you know, like making sure they were all taken care of. They were all like my kids, you know, as weird as that is to say, like all these grown men are like my little kids and they're like, mom, I need a snack. Mom, I need, I need a nipple. Yeah. <laughs> mom, I need the boob. And it's like, okay, get off the boob and go and do your job. Like yeah. you hear your tasks. Yeah, here are your tasks, here are what you need to be doing. And if you can't follow simple instructions, then we need to reevaluate the situation entirely. You know, and I was so used to being like the whip crack cracker, the dom in the in the entire relationship. Yeah. Also that, the mother. Yeah, also the mother. So like here I am, this like dominant mother figure, and now I'm like smothering all of these people because I'm like, I can't stand that anyone could ever fail, even though failure is the way that we learn. Yeah, you know, I had to let go of that and I had to let it die. And like, I went through like a violent process about it. I fought with myself for months about it. I was like, oh, I can't let it die. I can't let it go. I can't let it go. Even though my body's like convulsing and tears are flowing and I'm like raging and all of this stuff. But through it, I actually met this like beautiful, like, insanely powerful part of myself that has like been like you know out here I I reined her back in and like put her you know back inside of my body and actually found a new purpose for her sort of like repurposing you know I repurposed <laughs> this powerhouse part of myself to know that I can use that when it's necessary but it's not the only way that she can be utilized no. and like it took me at least two weeks to like recover from the death the yeah. death of that part of myself and in my opinion my humble opinion death is necessary be because when something or someone dies it is now removed from the space mm. and how do you invite something new in how do you invite mm. desire in? how do you invite something you want in mm -hmm. if there's no space for it it's like having an overflowing closet and trying yeah. to figure out where you're going to jam the next 70 dresses that you just yeah. bought it's like what the fuck yeah. are you doing clean yeah. your closet, you know, which is like one of the number one rules uh, that Jordan B. Peterson talks about. Uh, I mentioned him earlier in this call. He has this, these rules for life and they're, they're great foundational rules just to like get you really thinking. And one of them is to clean your room. Yeah. And it's not just like your physical bedroom, not just your physical home. Well, that's important because when you have clutter and junk and stuff and dirt all over the place, it actually perpetuates negative emotions. 
-hmm. which a lot of people don't realize that when they're, you know, there's crumbs on the counter and the floor is sticky, like, you know, of course it makes you feel negative about it because now you have this task of having to clean up the space. And also there's like physical dirt everywhere, which is like, you know, it's, it's gross. Mm-hmm. you have to then shift into cleaning the space but it's also a cleaning of inside of yourself mm-hmm. so that means when you get up in the morning you you know you have so for myself I have a spiritual practice that I do in the morning this morning was an exception I stayed in bed a little longer because I needed a little extra sleep I be very spiritual <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. yes it was very spiritual having an extra 40 <laughs> minutes of rest this morning was necessary oh um, I love morning beds oh yeah it was like oh it was so good um but like you actually you you intentionally decide okay today I'm going to dress well I'm going to do these things that make me feel good I'm going to make sure that my space is nice and clean you know so if I randomly have a guest pop in I don't have to panic and run around with my arms flailing all over the place oh my god my god and then suffer the like the insufferable embarrassment of having someone see my house in chaos because your external uh places your external external areas your rooms your your home are all a projection they're all an insight into your internal landscape and a lot of people become ocd about their external landscape because they don't know how to control or clear the space inside of them so they become OCD about you know their house is literally sterile because they're they're like constantly trying to scrub it and it's like actually if you spent five minutes of that scrubbing time on the inside of yourself you would see such a massive shift in the way that you relate to your environment in the way that you relate to yourself and your capabilities so I know that I kind of went off on a little tangent about that part of me dying but that was a big piece it was a huge part of that I had to let that all die yeah but I think what's such a big part about that is that you by doing this cleaning and and really taking care of yourself you are inviting in this kind of masculine structure and and you let actually you let the little boy die and and now you trust yourself because you're fucking doing it i'm doing the same you know i'm i'm washing off my dishes every night i have these thoughts of like why the fuck am i doing this this is not normal i never do this kind of things when i was young because i now for the first time live alone um but uh and and i don't know what's happening to me but i'm so structured and this gives your body the um and actually that's the number three of the how you gain this worthiness you need to believe that you can hold it. So you really need that trust, that uh, positive psychology. You know, I have done it in the past. So yes, I can do it now. Mm-hmm. You, like for me, coaching Elon Musk, I, I need to yeah. coach first some other very dominant man. <laughs> Let me get yeah. baby steps. <laughs> you know, so that when the moment arrives um, to connect to that thing you are desiring, you're able to be present with it. You're able to feel your heart, feel your pussy, feel your hands or whatever you need to feel to be present and to allow it in. Mm-hmm. And so the fourth thing, well, what's the fourth thing? So the first thing is you need to desire this. So you need to see it. The second thing is you need to let go to really die and surrender. The fourth is you really need to um, know that you can hold it. And the fourth thing is you need to unconditionally love it. And so there is this massive path of 
us coaching, you know, we can go on for the rest of our life coaching ourselves because for the rest of our lives, shit will arise, you know, because <laughs> yeah. one thing, like for instance, if we talk about money, being able or worthy to receive money in your system can correlate to structure. Can you take care of yourself? Can you support mm -hmm. yourself? Um, it can uh, correlate to uh, lust, a penis, um, uh, being a virgin, uh, penetration, um, being a slut, um, being a child, being a mother. You know, it can correlate to fucking anything. So mm -hmm. for you to unconditionally love that shit, you <laughs> need to take care of all these things that can arise through you desiring money. Mm -hmm. yeah which is super it's super interesting that you you put it that way too because a lot of people just think money is just one thing and they think that money is separate from them that money is over here and they have all of these stories oh I'm never going to be able to make that I want to make a million dollars but I can't even make one dollar well that's your first mistake is saying I can't but the thing we have to remember is that everything around us is energy and money is just an extension of us so it doesn't dictate our worth, but we allow it to dictate our worth. We think, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy of charging this or I don't deserve to charge this. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you can, you can put all that out there and say, you know, to God, to, to the universe, to source, like, I'm not worthy of this. I can't charge this much money because no one would pay that. And the universe and God and source will be like, okay, if that's what you believe. Here are all your beliefs and you're going to get all these people messaging you and haggling you like, oh, I don't think I can afford that. Like, can yeah. we like, can yeah. you drop the price by 50%? That's like, yeah. no, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and that's, that's the, the spiritual universal slap. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? Like, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. 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 I remember Layla said in, in, um, a talk at one point, she says, when you're really busting through a belief and you think that you've learned it. And I, I just, it's always stuck in my mind because it actually played out true for me in my relationships. When you're really getting to the point where you're like ready to like actually cross the bridge into that next part of yourself, into that new aspect of yourself, you will be tested. Oh my God. Yes. And we are constantly being tested when yeah. we decide today I'm going to get yeah. dressed. And then yeah. it takes us four and a half hours to get yeah. dressed. It's like, well, you know, that was your, your test was this morning to get dressed this morning. It's now four o'clock in the afternoon and you have a meeting in 10 minutes. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. We are constantly being tested. And the way that this played out for me that I initially recognized it was because I was in this weird transition in relationship. Um, I had, I had been chatting with a couple of guys, you know, and I, I wasn't really interested in dating. I'd been single for about six months and I was like, I don't know if I really want to date yet. Like, you know, nobody was really appealing to me. And this guy, he started, he started chatting with me and he seemed, he seemed all right. He was intelligent, um, had a good paying job and he was into weightlifting, which was, you know, it's extremely important yes. to me. Like, you know, I married a bodybuilder, like I'm a bodybuilder. I married a bodybuilder. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just cool. something in the mindset, right? Like it's yeah. just the thing. And, um, I, I remember because I'm a go-getter. I I am I'm very good at initiating things. I'm very good at following through and execution. Like that is my that is my thing. It's like here's the idea. I create the plan. I execute the plan. 
here's the result. That's what, that's what I do. Like I'm very results oriented, very driven that way. Yeah. And I had asked this guy, we'd been chatting for about a week or so. And he seemed like a normal human being. You know, he wasn't the most attractive guy. I was like, eh, he's okay. Like maybe he's more attractive in person because some people don't photograph well. So I was like, okay. So I asked him, I said, you know, would you like to meet? I'm like, I would love to get together for coffee with you. This, this was a couple of years ago. And uh, he didn't respond to me. And I was like, okay, he's probably busy, whatever. You know, like he'll respond when he's ready. And then he responded back and avoided the question. Mm-hmm. First flag. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's a flag for me. Then um, like a, a couple days later, I asked again, I said, you know, hey, I, I was just wanted to follow up. I asked you if you wanted to get together for coffee because I've been really enjoying our communication, like this intelligent conversation. You know, it seems like there might be some interest, some mutual interest here. Like, would you like to get together? No response, avoided the question. Mm-hmm. Second red flag. I'm like, okay, how many, how many flags on the play do I need before I, before I cut this shit off? Yeah. Then I was having a conversation with my sister one evening and I had missed his call. So we had chatted on the phone a time or two and, and, you know, like he, he was just like a nice guy to, to chat with. And so I, I called him back and I said, Hey, I'm so sorry. I missed your call. I was on the other line with my sister and I had a little chuckle about it. And he responds to me and he says, Oh, I thought you just saw my name and went, Ugh, that guy again. And I instantly, like my whole body was like, oh, what? <laughs> which was like the final flag on the play. And I was like, all right, no, yeah. I'm done with this. No, so too much work. Yeah, I was like, okay, I can't, I can't with this guy. So I got off the phone with him and I, I took a little, I took a little time to process what I was feeling, what I was experiencing. And I was like, okay, this is my test. And I knew it was my test. And that's when I said, you know what, I'm done with this. So I, I reached out to him and I said, hey, you know, it's been really nice communicating with you over the last couple of weeks. You know, I think, I think you're a nice person. However, I'm not interested in continuing to connect with someone who's not able to even respond to me when I request, you know, an opportunity to meet. That to me says more about you than it does about me. So the fact that you've avoided the question twice, I'm closing the door and I'm letting you know that I'm gonna be moving on and I wish you all the best. Then he responds back like immediately, like, oh shit, you know, the door is closing. Like, it was so, it was just so funny like the way that it happened and as soon as I did that as soon as I shut that door yeah, yeah. I met my husband yeah <laughs> and I was like I was like this was the final test yeah. this was the test that that I had to pass to a know that I had learned the lessons like no more settling for shitty insecure men mm-hmm. sorry to all the shitty insecure men there's nothing wrong with you, but you need to work on your security, your inner security, <laughs> and not be shitty. Yeah, you're Dude. not worthy of that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, it, it goes both ways, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it does go both ways. Not settling, not settling for someone that I didn't find attractive initially, not settling for someone that was not willing to meet me where I was at, not settling, period, like across the entire plane, not settling. And I was like, okay, what else, what else am I learning from this? I learned to value myself and like if someone was not willing to even acknowledge my question of like hey would you like to get together if someone can't acknowledge that goodbye yeah I don't I don't have space for that when I met my husband he didn't have space for that either no no no. right like and that was so interesting because he literally panicked as soon as I shut the door he panicked 
Yeah. I was like, oh, we can get together on Saturday. Sorry, bud, you missed the boat. Yeah. I asked you twice and yeah. I don't ask a third time. Like I shouldn't have even asked you the second time. The first time should have been enough for me, but I asked you twice. I yeah. wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You failed. That's your test. Yeah. That's your lesson. And I'm moving on. And then when yeah. I when I met my husband, oh my God. I knew. I knew. I remember I told you when when we met in per, in person, I said to you, I'm like, I saw his picture and like my whole heart was like, he is so gorgeous. <laughs> yes, my husband is fucking gorgeous. Like he is to me the most beautiful expression of the divine masculine that like possibly could have incarnated. And anyway, um back to you and like well, lessons. What you were saying about that when you when you you shut the door, then he he came to you. That's really something that that also was popping up in my system around. Um, so, for instance, how do you get a man to desire you? Or, for instance, how I don't really go want to go in that direction, but it's fascinating me. How does the uh, the black community wants the the white community to desire to connect with them or the LGBTQ? LGBTQ, yeah community con uh, you know how how do groups connect how do you get the other that's not desiring you that's not willing to receive you to connect to you and that's mm -hmm. and that's really this the fear uh the the uh, around uh, lack you know like um and i think what especially what we women need to do if we desire more uh, conscious men or more mature men um, in our lives we really have to let them die but in ourselves you know really what what are they providing to you probably money <laughs> some safety <laughs> some attention um, mm -hmm. you know so really providing that for yourself and then you become this person that is like well self-reliant but also probably enjoys yourself very much Mm -hmm. And suddenly you are this thing that is very desirable and they are now lacking this thing. If, if you show your truth, if you really dive into your own problems and if you really deal with your own shit and come on the other side with, uh, with, with joy, there's no other way for another person to think, I want that, you know, I desire that. If, if, if you're now leaving me, I, I'm, I'm lacking, you know, I will miss out. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, this slamming the door to how much, how much do you want to ask? How much are you willing to put up with? And, and one day deciding, well, done. Mm -hmm. I don't need you anymore. I'm, I'm going to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Which, again, was another piece of me that had to die you know, back to your, your four steps. That was another yeah. part of myself that had to die because in order for me to create the space that was necessary to welcome in my beautiful husband, yeah. I had to let that piece of me that was, uh, um, I, I don't even know if it's, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, codependent, you know, mm -hmm. like, like I always had to be the provider in all of my relationships. So there's two parts of me that died. The part of me that was constantly seeking other people to be dependent on me mm -hmm. and, and, you know, insecure uh, persons. 
Mm-hmm. And the part of me that was willing to be, was not willing to be supported and yeah. to have that script flip, script yeah. flipped yeah. because my husband, bless his heart, stepped up to the plate and was like, this is my commitment to you. Yeah. Like you are going on this journey. This is my commitment to you. I will love you, support you, encourage you, and I will keep you on track. And like, these are things that he literally does for me, you know, like, and, and I, I thank him for that. So I can explore creating a business, doing podcasting, all of these things. And like, he gives me the strong. Yeah. He gives me the space to do that, which also gives me the space to let that other piece of me die that overtly uh, amplified masculine part of me. It's still there, but it's allowed to relax now to allow the divine feminine part of myself to really expand and really become developed because that was a part of myself that I ignored for years. It wasn't safe to be a woman. It didn't feel good to be a woman who was going to take care of me. You know, if I'm like this, like airy fairy, pretty little thing, you know, like I, I bought my own house by myself. I bought my vehicles by myself. Like I did everything by myself. And now I have my husband that I get to do this stuff with, and it feels more fulfilling to me yeah Yeah, like we don't care about the stuff like I care about you know the relationship that I have with him but that was something you know there's like four more pieces of myself that had to die and I think that's the piece that people are most afraid of is who are you without those pieces who are you if you let that part of yourself die yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah But are you actually dead or are you just reincarnating? Are you just, you know, rebirthing? As you said, this, like, what do you want to birth into the universe in your, in your world, in your heart, in your body? What, what do you want to invite in? Yeah. And I'm really touched lately because I'm really healing the inner masculine inside of me and, and letting him die outside of me and also inside of me. Uh, and now there's so much so you were talking about you now you can surrender to your to your man and you and you love him for it so now we can really love the man you know we can really see his power we can really mm-hmm. uh, um, receive him mm-hmm. and before that there was no possibility I, again it's it's a it's a perspective and also you know in the society that we live in we've been We've been manipulated into believing that men are not meant to be men. You mentioned at the beginning of our call, you're, you're wanting to work more with, you know, the divine masculine, which I think is really powerful because I feel like as the divine feminine has been emerging over the last couple of years, and it's been a really beautiful transition, the divine masculine now no longer knows its place. Mm -hmm. There are so many men who are questioning, who am I and where do I fit into this you yeah. know this this because newly pampered them so long yeah <laughs> we couldn't <laughs> let them die we needed them yeah and you know while many of us don't need them we still want them yeah and like, and like, that's that's yeah that's the difference it's, yeah. and that was the difference to me i didn't need a man i've never needed a man did i want one yes which goes back to desiring i acknowledged that i had this desire to have a man who did all of these things and was capable of all of these things but how do what how did i manifest it how did i you know create yeah. this this person in my head by and saying no to that 
not by so. saying no to the other guys, no. like by, by not settling, by, by learning those lessons to the core of who I was and to my existence so that I could receive this man. And, you know, I still notice a little bit sometimes where like my divine masculine gets a little, gets a little hot under the collar and feels like it has to dominate the situation. But then I check in with myself and, you know, I like, I tap into my heart. I'm like, okay, like, what is going on? Like, yeah. just let him be a man. Yeah. Let, like, let your man be a man. Like, yeah. let him take care of you. Let him love you. Because I really, I am, I am enhancing the masculine inside of me now. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm mm -hmm. feeling a little bit boyish. I'm like, what the fuck? Where's that coming from? And, mm -hmm. and I also need purpose and I also need structure and I, I, and I also love to um, give my partner um, or a partner uh, nourishment or um, support, you know? So, yeah, of course. so lately I'm really, um, yeah, questioning these things and, and I don't have answers for it, but yeah yeah well i think it's really interesting because it's sort of separate from like the divine masculine that is inside of us and it's not to not to diminish you know the divine masculine part of us typically like the what the male role is typically what the female role is now how that plays out internally in an individual is totally different because yeah. i agree with you you know i want to have a purpose and and you know you do too we we all need to have a purpose because without having a purpose or a sense of purpose, it can lead to depression, it can lead to suicide, it can lead to, you know, like shutting ourselves off from the entirety of the world because yeah. it's perpetuating that unworthiness. It's perpetuating that non, not deserving of this. Oh, well, I don't have this, so I don't deserve it. I clearly don't deserve it or I don't have this, so I must not be worthy of it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, but like, I think it's- how, how beautiful would it be if we get rid of that, like how much time you have worked, well, then you are, then you are worthy of, of having a foot massage and a beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, exactly. But this is still in our system. So it's, it's yeah. yeah, of course you are deserving of a foot massage and beer. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm going to give it to you, but <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. But, and if we did want to give that, it, it needs to be from a place of alignment within ourselves. Sure. It has to be something we, you know, we want to do. And also sometimes putting aside you know, our selfish tendencies to nurture and nourish someone who is trying to do the same for us. So, you know, that, that five minutes that it takes to, you know, get a beer and rub this person's feet might mean the difference between them succeeding at, at, you know, whatever they're doing tomorrow, or, you know, it might make, help them to feel loved enough that they can then turn around and reciprocate to you in a way that yeah. you never, ever received before from this person. It's like, it's the smallest acts that have the biggest impact, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. The smallest expressions that create, you know, they're, they're the things that we hang on to. We don't always remember the details of all the big bashes oh. that we go to, all the big parties. We never remember what someone said. We always remember exactly how they made us feel. And I think yeah. that's the biggest takeaway. Although I, I remember that you, are, you were uh, giving me this uh, voice message for me to uh, use as a alarm in the morning and it was, oh, yeah. it was just pumping me up and, and you were talking about my very long legs so I remember yes yes <laughs> because you're beautiful you know and and I think that that's something that we as women we sort of forget is we forget how to be women and to recognize that 
not only physiologically, biologically are we women, but we are just beautiful individual expressions of the divine feminine incarnate. Mm. And yes, we have that divine masculine inside of us. You can't have one without the other. Even if you look at the yin and the yang, there's always the white dot and the black, and there's always the black dot and the white because there has to be the two. Yeah, there has to be the two pieces, the two parts, in order for there to be balance. Balance is yeah. essential to anything. You can't have, you know, all the way masculine or all the way feminine. There needs to be a common, fluid, flowing in between the two in order for things to feel yeah good. And also just to be able like to connect because now I start I think I start to understand the masculine more and and now I'm more able to enjoy the masculine more so I'm curious Elsa what words of wisdom would you like to share with our listeners and our viewers today as we close and how can people get in touch with you how can they connect with you and all of your magnificence yeah it's this it's this song um it's from Algy every little freckle and uh, he's saying like uh, you are the first and last one of your kind yes. and, and <laughs> yeah, for me it's so so good because it means you can fuck it up you know there's no there's no there's no book nobody did it before you um you could die and that's your purpose that's your right you know it's it's like you can feel you can be great you can be fucked up uh, it's just your life and and so the other side of that is uh, you're the last one of your kind like you're really precious just your life is yeah really unique even though you're maybe a cliche you're unique and therefore very worthy of fucking everything yeah, and how would you like people to reach out with you? How can people connect with you, Elsa? Well, as I'm very scared of receiving money from other women, <laughs> I have this construct of not being available for a lot of people, but everything is changing now because I have a big desire of um, owning my own money. And, you know, I'm a desire coach. So um, you can reach out to uh, uh, The Art of Tension on Instagram, The Art of Tension. And uh, you can email me on contact at theartoftension.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And I will be, if you're watching this on YouTube, I will be placing Elsa's contact information in the little comment section below. So feel free to go ahead and click on over to her email, send her a message, go ahead and follow her on Instagram. Thank you so much for being here with me, Elsa. It has been an absolute divine pleasure. And I look forward to the next time oh and thank you for deflowering me on on, on the podcast oh <laughs> you're welcome my pleasure <laughs> i like it a little bit with a dominatrix vibe i like that <laughs> it's still there <laughs> thank you oh, thank you Oh my gosh, I was just thinking about um, sometimes my husband will say something to me and I'll be like, pat him. <laughs> and he just looks at me like I'm nuts. I'm like, what? <laughs> he does it back to me. It's the best. I get your husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.